Dale Radio is sponsored by Airbnb. Are you a drifter? On the run from a failed marriage? The Airbnb network can help. We find room for short stays in underused sections of Bed Bath & Beyond stores in cities around the world, mostly in Wilmington, Delaware. Airbnb. Come on, there's plenty of towels. Previously on Dale Radio. Uh, I guess pants. Is that what we're calling them? Is that because uh, tights? Yoga trousers? That can't be far off, can it? Men wearing trousers from the office to the Bikram studio. I gotta get back into hot yoga. I like to do a sriracha rinse and then go into the steamy room above an art supply store. Just get my stretch on. Oh my goodness. Hello, folks. It's me. Dale, and here's what happens. You do a show about uh, how you can conquer the flu using only your mind. (laughs) Well, the cold gods got to me. They must have heard, they must have tuned in, and thank you for listening. But uh, I was uh, felled by this thing. I thought that uh, I could beat it, and uh, I didn't didn't get it as bad as some people got it, but I got it. And so, uh, luckily, I had my Chinese herbs and things, and I drank it all and put it all in everywhere, and tucked myself in various places and rubbed creams on my body, and I was able to uh, make a full recovery. So here I am. Uh, I apologize for any any uh, downtime that you might have experienced, and I certainly missed you, but I'm back feeling great, fit as a fiddle, and I am ecstatic to be with you after a couple weeks away. Now, uh, I was, in fact, away, and what did you do, Dale? Well, uh, did you go somewhere to escape another brutally cold winter? No, folks, nothing of the kind. I did, however, fend off the chill by packing up Blueberry, my 89 Chrysler LeBaron, and head out, uh, headed out to Ohio for some warm Buckeye State hospitality with our dear friends Silas and Kitty Watson. Now, sometimes the body just craves a 10-hour drive in the snow with a toddler, doesn't it? And we had a ball. We did. I met uh, a deer out on a nature path, and we locked eyes And uh, we, uh, two majestic creatures, we exchanged a long, deep look into each other's soul. And the entire tangled history between man and beast was laid bare. And the animal taught this animal, me, all there was to know about survival and God's plan for us. And all I could think of was, uh, you know, to, to, to give back, to reciprocate, was a recipe for a classic Rob Roy and some advice about tire maintenance. Sometimes the mind goes blank, doesn't it? At our big moments, well, this little deer, his snout twisted in a sort of confused way, and then it trotted off into the woods out by a a cemetery out there, and uh, uh, and then proceeded to uh, promptly and uh, almost violently relieve itself against a tree. Some other highlights. I saw a cat sneeze. Haven't seen that. Have you ever seen that happen? Oh my, that's um, that's a treat. <laughs> 
I stepped in a frozen stream, and I met a talented ceramicist at the new Horseshoe Casino in Cincinnati. Though passionate in the sack and uh, serious about her backyard raccoon firings, I found her cigar-smoking and gambling addiction to be a bit much. Winter flings, ladies and gentlemen. Probably lots of babies are going to be born after this polar snap we've been experiencing. There's nothing to do. You just are cold at all times. But we did manage to get out uh, and do a live uh, taping uh, of the show for you. We did manage to do that. And while the audience consisted of a young couple and a few bulky coats, by the way, thank God for those coats, they uh, uh, took up a lot, a lot of space and were a fantastic uh, crowd. <laughs> Sometimes the show business, folks, it's so rewarding. One night you're glad handling ba- uh, back uh, stage with Jerry Springer and Kevin Nealon at the Scott Rogowski program, and then the next uh, night you're being asked to uh, leave by a house manager so that an improv group named uh, Waffle Hose or Rubber Ducky can come in. What I know is that, uh, I'm, look, I'm confident uh, uh, in in the fact that we had a terrific show. You're going to hear it. We had such a good time, and I do it for you, the home listener, the car listener, the uh, stuck on the G train, uh, wondering about secret tunnels, uh, th- those listeners. A lot of secret tunnels coming out right now. Ladies, There's one in uh, Canada, the big holes that are happening in Siberia or wherever. Thing- things are going on, and uh, I'm curious about it. And uh, maybe you are too, the dishwashers, the night watchmen, and the insomniacs in unhealthy relationships. This show is for you. You are my strength, my bedrock. So here we go. I should just tell you, I allude to a mystery guest at the end of the uh, an end of the show here. I say, well, I'm waiting to hear back. Well, I did hear back in the time that uh, we recorded, and I'm speaking to you now. So uh, it was actually two people that I was kind of uh, waiting to hear back, and they both basically confirmed. Now, things happen in, in the world, so we, we just cross your fingers whenever you're booking a show. But Tuesday, March 24th, back at the pit in the underground, thank goodness, <laughs> I what would I do if I wasn't in the basement? My guests are going to be, oh, this is terrific, Bridget Everett, Joe Randazzo, Naomi Ekparrigan, and Nora Davis. I mean, all tremendous talents, and you should not miss this uh, show. There's, uh, there's, There might not be too many more. <laughs> So, okay, well, let's get into the live show. Now, before we do, uh, I'm just going to play a, a brief, ever so brief uh, uh, snippet uh, from Carriot Harmon's album, Carriot Harmon. And uh, Carriot's the first guest that you'll hear on the show. And this is a, a song called Wicked Town. And uh, I guess I agree with the sentiment sometimes in here. It's a, it's a tough city some days, and uh, uh, she captures some of those feelings well as a creative individual. So listen to that, and then we'll get into uh, a live episode of Dale Radio, uh, recorded February 24th uh, at the Pit in New York City. And, um, yeah, enjoy it all. Get away 
go through some steps or something. I'm often at a shopping center in the mall, and I think, I mean, that in my dreams, and uh, I was at this kind of shopping, and I'm following, and this little fella just loses control of his bladder. Now, he had had a lot to drink, because all over, just these little pathetic puddles of puppy piddle. And it was, it was all over, and it, I was in a panic. I woke up, thankfully, <laughs> not my own piddle, but I just, I didn't know, is this me? Are we all having this dream, this creative types? Am I just this little thing trying to mark my territory here and there, eating well, but unsure of what I'm doing? Is that what's going on for me? The only thing I could do was go back to sleep. And then I had a very lusty dream about Terry Garr at an office party. What I'm telling you is that this is a sex-positive podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I want to get that up right up front. I want you to know that. Uh, I haven't met many sex-negative people. <laughs> I guess they're out there. What are they doing? Who doesn't want that? But anyhow, the, uh, the thing is, it's getting uh, warmer, isn't it, a little bit. One day it got warmer. Let's be We had one day. Oh, it's spring, and then and everything froze again. But on that one day, if you were lying in your bed recovering from two terrible dreams, you would maybe hear that that sort of melting sound that happens, right? That sort of shh, and the snow sliding off of an angled roof, and the icicles collapsing into little heaps on the fire escape. And I just want you to know that that sound is also the sound of an older person having an orgasm. So whenever you hear that sound, I want you to connect that in your, in your mind, ladies and gentlemen. Things breaking free for the first time. I am dating again, thank you. Things are going pretty well. But uh, uh, tonight, uh, we've got a great show for you. And uh, why, don't we, why don't we get started with it? It'll be great. Speaking of things opening up and things that I like to listen to, Steve O'Reilly is here. Uh, Steve O'Reilly! I'm sorry we couldn't talk more, Steve O'Reilly, but I'm sure things are going well for you. And I hope you get a chance, of course, at the after party. Silo, would yeah. you mind playing me a little uh, sitting down music? Something low and slow, like how my insides felt when I attended my ex wife's husband's bell choir concert in San Francisco. <laughs> Singer, songwriter, out there in Brooklyn. We've heard of that. Yeah. 
just had a wonderful review in the Rolling Stone magazine, and she's got a self-titled album out that's right now. Karen Harmon is here. Karen, come on up. Oh, you're over there. Oh, my goodness. Grab that. Thank you for to turn it on. I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really great. <laughs> and uh, now you were just up uh, north, is that right? You were on uh, some kind of a trip to... I was, yes, in Western Mass. Western Mass. Is yes. that one of our great old mill towns up there? I guess so. Yes. <laughs> no, it's a college, that's what I know. A college, and yeah. you were playing some music up there. I was, yes. Was that a harrowing experience Incredibly. in the snow and ice? <laughs> the, the gig was really nice, but we... Dark car, my friend's car, brakes collapsed, and then we had to transfer to another car, and then we got up there and we had to push it. We drove all night in the middle of a snowstorm. It was, it was pretty intense. Life of an entertainer is it's romantic, fabulous. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yes. Pushing cars and things. Yeah. Is that what you thought you were going to be doing? No. No, and you grew <laughs> up, of course, out there in, because uh, I have an ear for this kind of a thing, ladies and gentlemen. You grew up uh, in uh, England? Yes. Yeah, I so. Uh, specifically where? Uh, in London. London Town, as we call it, and I'm sure you do too, and enjoy... We call it London Town. London Town? Yeah, London Town. <laughs> I like that. And, uh, you know, I was uh, probably there the last time in, in London Town. Uh, about, uh, <laughs> that's like you've had a couple at the pub, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm in London Town. Uh, and, uh, but I was last there, you know... The British every now and again have a moment here in the U.S., and we all get very excited about it, and Elizabeth Hurley and that kind of thing, and Liam Gallagher, and we just go nuts for the whole crew. And uh, this has probably been the 90s or so. I headed over there. Have you ever heard of a place called the Blue Note Club? I have heard of the Blue Note, yes. The Blue Note. Do you spend some time down there? I, I have not. Not in London, no. I wasn't that interested in jazz when I lived in London. It was a jazz club? The Blue Note, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking oh, something maybe this else. is something. Maybe. <laughs> because I tell you, there was a lot of water drinking and hugging going on down oh, there I when I was around. Else. So this is wonderful. Look at all the water. And then uh, why are everybody so friendly? Oh, <laughs> well, yes. Kind, I of think, a, yeah. kind of a, a lot of Goldie was playing on the high five. <laughs> right. yeah. Yes, you know yeah. him. I do, not personally. Yeah, you know like, who I'm talking yes. about. So I was pretty big into the dance scene, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but you had some wild times in London, is that true? I did, yeah. Were you playing music on the street? Um, on the street. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, busking, that kind of a thing. No, not so much. Good I played... for you. <laughs> I Stay indoors. <laughs> it rains a lot in London. Yes. You know. But, uh, but no, no. I do know. I do know. <laughs> Have you been? Yes, yes. Just for that time. And it did rain there, too. So I did get a little bit of, yeah, I'm not of that fun. So, but no, you weren't, you weren't out there hustling. You were playing in, in, in gig, was, gigs and things. Yeah, well, I started a bit late, I guess. I was playing. I played in... Uh, I sort of picked up the guitar when I was about 16. Yeah. And... Uh, played for friends and stuff for a while and then played in open mics and things like that and uh, 
didn't get serious about it really until I left London. So I don't know anything about the music scene in London, unfortunately. Well, maybe you will. You can still go back and learn. I can't. No, I, they won't let me back. They won't. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> you violated some treaties, have you? I did. Good yeah. for you. So, uh, but now the, the music that you uh, create, it can be uh, uh, qualified as what? What? what we, alt folk? I guess so, yeah. Singer, songwriter, alt folk. I like folk. alt folk. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't really know what that no, means. I don't know it, what but it that sounds means. cooler than folk, though. Yeah. Folk sounds. Oh, absolutely, it yeah. does. <laughs> I'd hate to be labeled folk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. But now you, you have to play a lot of uh, coffee houses, that kind of thing? Yes. Lots of coffee houses. Yeah. You know, I always think whenever that comes up, I think we had a fella <laughs> in high school, and uh, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Chances are good. But anyhow, <laughs> anybody. But the point is, you're a podcast fan too, is that I am, it? yes. What's that like? <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> never, never met one. But uh, anyhow, we had this guy in high school, and boy, the places we used to go. A lot of yellow paint and stale carrot cake and green tea. And listen to this guy play his music. And I was all so earnest, and you just wanted to throw yourself off a bridge. But I never <laughs> asked my audiences to be in anything less than a top-notch basement. <laughs> so, that's wonderful. But uh, where are you playing around town now? How long ago did you move to Brooklyn? Uh, I guess about eight years ago, something like that. Or to New York. I lived in Manhattan for a little while. But for about eight, nine years ago, something like that. Eight or nine years ago. What was the yeah. scene like then? Um, uh, did it embrace you? It, well, I came from Boston. I went to school in Boston for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about Boston. Nobody is. Say, no. <laughs> but then I moved. <laughs> Somebody here is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a little pushback on that. But yes. And then I moved here and I had a bunch of friends from the music school that I went to in Boston who were here. So we sort of all came up together, which has been nice. So That's great. Been, yeah. That's wonderful. And you're, you're, you're hustling gigs now? You're playing all hustling, over the place? Yes. I, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, a lot of different places in the Northeast. And now, I saw you on a television program that's available online that was uh, called Alive with Clive. Oh, yes. Now, uh, yes. I have nothing else. If you take nothing else, <laughs> else away from this program, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go and watch every episode of Alive with Clive, <laughs> which is a television show that promises it's you amazing. will uh, multiply your magnificence. You will. I believe is what the uh, graphic says. And he's a, uh, probably the least alive person I've ever seen. <laughs> and He's a sweet fella. He has the kind of, he's a ball, not the, not the cool, you know, I've got so much testosterone just punched out through a hole in my head ball, but like a, like a perfect circle ball, but like the, you know, the like bald wig that you'd buy at a party store kind of a wig, isn't it? I, I don't want to say. He's a lovely man, and I hope you check it out. But was that a fun experience going on that show? It was. You know, I, lo I lost my guitar on the train on the way up there, so oh it was an intense experience. Yeah, and I got it back as well. Did he I, have one there? He did. His other guest lent me their guitar, and then I had to God go back to him. Grand Central and pick up my guitar from the, like, from the station guys who had held it for me because I went into their booth in a panic with tears in my eyes saying I'd left my, the most expensive thing I've had on the train. Oh so it was exciting. It was exciting. Yeah. And, and then I you, went, Yes? 
Yeah, you know? and then I went and, and played some and then songs you for did Clive. And I multiplied my Because uh, he sits on a stool perched the whole time. Go look it up. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> worth it. But uh, now you, you found Brooklyn to be okay. You feel at home here. You have dreams of California. One of your songs. You have some uh, songs that may be a little critical of, of New York. Yeah. Wicked Town. And uh, California is kind yeah. of about a relationship to California. Yeah, well... Um, yeah, my parents live in California, so my dad is American, my mom's English. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so they... I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they live out there. So, occasionally I have dreams about moving out there, back in with my mom and dad. We all have those dreams, <laughs> you know? don't we? So, I think it sounds, sounds better than it probably would be in reality, and it doesn't sound that good. Yeah, so no. yeah. They, they live in Southern California, is that what you said? They're in, uh, they're in Palm Springs. Oh, that's really yeah, nice. which is nice. That's yeah. Lovely. How'd they meet? Um, they, my dad um, was over visiting a friend who was in college in England huh. and uh, met my mum who was living in London. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. What was she doing? She was uh, waitressing, I think, and just doing bits and pieces, working in sh- shops and. As we all Just, do, looking for love. Oh, well, yeah. she always eager for it, ready to <laughs> receive what the universe has put out there. And luckily, this handsome fella came along. Well, that's great. And uh, your album is self-titled, which I think is a really strong move. I was, uh, I put out an album of uh, some songs as well, and, uh, and it's entitled Sad Desktop Patterns, um, which did not do as well as I thought. But then I thought the next album that I do, which is about... Um, uh, municipal uh, municipalities dealing with weather is called Ray's Plow, which I think is going to be great for all the free advertising that you get whenever you see that Ray's Plow sign. You think, oh, that's the fella that always is, you know, singing his music over the guitar player and never letting the guitar player have a word. And, uh, oh, it's just so fantastic. I love Ray's Plow. Gosh, I want to get a bootleg race plow album on eBay, and then they'll they'll fly away on their on their uh, Google trainers. It sounds like a plan. <laughs> I said trainers. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. Thank For you. For you, yeah. Because here we call them sneakers. Because we're true. always sneaking around, aren't we? <laughs> around the gym or the track, whatever it is. We can't stop sneaking. We love it. But you, you're always. <laughs> In training for something, what is it? I don't know. Nobody Nobody tells us. Well, I hope you get there. And uh, uh, the album, people can buy it. You got some gigs coming up? Yes, yeah. Um, You can buy my album online um, or at a show. And my next show is April 14th at uh, at Rockwood 3, which is downstairs. It's part of a radio thing called On Your Radar. It'll be fun. On Your Radar at Rockwood. Yes. Music hall. Yes, yes, exactly. Not downstairs here, people. Not downstairs here, yeah. no, don't come here. Okay, well, good. And do uh, you have a website? I do, yeah. Good for you. I do. Everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> well, so can you stick around? You just move yeah, over to one stool. That'd be great. Carrie Harmon, everybody. How about that? Love it. You can leave that on for our next guest. I'm excited to... Uh, Bring up our next fella. He's uh, a talented uh, stand-up and performer uh, known as the Space Prince in some circles. He had a very popular uh, show that sold out to the rafters much like tonight. Let's bring him up here. Julio Torres! Julio Torres! 
Central, did they do that? They they deemed me worthy of watching. That's got to feel pretty <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> yes. And some some watched. I think <laughs> I'm watching you right now. Yeah, you're watching me right now. <laughs> so, uh, what does this moment feel like for you, with so much promise and opportunity ahead of you? Oh, um, this specific moment right now. Probably not, but a moment that's uh, full no, of I promise. Don't, no, 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 no. I, I don't. Uh, I, I hope it's full of promise and hope. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm feeling uh, happy. Good. Yes. Good. Final answer. I'm feeling <laughs> and did you get a chance to tune into the Oscars at all? Uh, you know what? I, I did not. But I did see all of the trending topics on Facebook, though. That's basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, I paid about. And I saw a lot of thumbnails I didn't click on. Uh, Modern experience. But I know that the Oscars happened. Yes. And I know that some people won, some people lost, Um, (laughs) and uh, and you know the the world moves forward. Sounds sounds like you got a good handle on it. Yes, I think so. Yes. I know if you know people love to critique the thing, and I guess Uh if I had to say, number one, I'd love it if they just did like remote shots from celebrities having Oscar parties in their homes. Yes. And then you get to see what you know Jennifer Aniston snacks on or whatever you know what they what they wear at home. Nuts and berries, probably. Nuts and berries, right? Just a piece of paper. And it would be just great. And then everybody would, you know, announce it. But the thing is, people critique the thing. And here's what happened. I do agree with this, that the host kind of, you know, the host always uh, took too much time, I think, away from the presenters. And was it, under- Neil, it was Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, right? yeah, who generally people like. But mm-hmm. here he was maybe the writers or something not well served, always undermining and not letting the guests have a, have a, have a really have their say. The point is, with good hosts, it's all about. <laughs> timing. Yes. Julio. Yes. It's all about timing. And uh, I, something you just learned from I Julia. would kill to see you in a tux hosting the Oscar. Listen. Yes! Yes! There's at least three people that agree with would be. <laughs> I think that would be a, a, a very, very beautiful experience. I think it would be, too. I think you should also sing all the nominated songs. <laughs> I would like that very if much. If you were hosting the album. Yeah, I would yes. do it. I would do it up, man. Yeah. yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would uh, that would be something. You wouldn't need to keep me in a box till the end. Singing all, right singing all of those Disney songs. Oh, I love it. You remember when Nell Carter popped out as the genie? No. No. <laughs> One of the greatest moments of my life. I'm not familiar. <laughs> well, again, why are you looking at uh, Live with Clive? <laughs> Look up Mel Carter. That's the genie. It's Robin Williams. He would have. Yeah, that's the one. I don't know. Well, I guess she's dead. That's why she wasn't available for the Broadway thing. But anyhow. Uh, 
That's what happened. People, everybody died. The, but Julio, what was the Space Prince all about? Uh, the show, you mean? Yes. yes. But it's also your nickname or no? Uh, it's my uh, self-imposed nickname. Yeah. Uh, Mine is the pleasant pheasant. Well, see, that's nice. Yeah, you you wanna tell people what what they'll receive if they come to one of your shows. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, that show, uh, the one you're alluding to, yes, was a solo show at uh, Ars Nova, which was my first solo show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Would you like to go into space? Yes. Yeah, me yes. too. Yes, absolutely. I'm a little worried, though. I don't like cramped quarters, uh-huh. and I'm nervous about space junk. But I think if I could, because there's a whole cloud of it, you see gravity, that's yes. all yes. about yes. it. Yes. But I think if I could do one, I would do hypersleep. Uh-huh. You know, spend a thousand years in some mm-hmm. kind of uh, suspended yeah. animation, then you wake up, maybe you've parachuted onto the... Uh, another terrestrial situation and you get probably there'd be an alien podcaster with a huge audience and I'd yes. say why are you doing it but also <laughs> you never know because sometimes you get there and then it'd be like well you have to you have to do open mics first right yeah. and then <laughs> you know yeah. you're at some horrible alien karaoke thing we have uh, remarkably similar fantasies you and I <laughs> oh well yeah that's a problem not a I'm not surprised by that, really. I knew booking you that we had some deep affinities. Yes. Because you are from El Salvador. Yes, yet another similarity. Yes. And uh, grew up down there? Yes. When did you come here? Uh, Six years ago. Six years ago. Yes. Relatively recent. You were a formed human being by that time. I was a fully formed human being. And your uh, family's still there? All of my family still. A huge family. Uh, I don't know why I assume three, that. three. <laughs> mother, father, and one sibling. Oh, that's pretty gigantic. Happy. It's huge. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I have some family outside of Philadelphia, and I'm always sending them money, hoping they can make it out of there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I send them nothing. Good, good for you. Uh, well, uh, but um, was it an exciting experience growing up there? Do you long for that? People come here from all over, trying to make it, don't they? Uh, you mean, did I long to come here to New York? Sure, let's start with that. And then do you long to go back or do you miss oh, it? Oh, I do not long to go back. No. No. Uh, I wanted to be here. I think growing up, I always wanted to live in New York. It's always a dream. Yeah. Carry it for you too? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah good. I had it as a very specific goal as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. What, what made that happen for you? What uh, planted the seed? Don't, I just spit over there, I'm sorry. Oh, that's why. <laughs> See, it's a, no one saw it. Cause, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. know we did, because we're in uh, step together, and I don't want you to think that I didn't see the dead. No, 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 that's <laughs> not. That's not. Um, what made me want to come to New York? I always idealized uh, being in a metropolis. I, I was never into nature as a kid. So I always wanted to live really high up and be surrounded by concrete. I think that was my dream. Wow. And do you live very high up? <laughs> no, I live in the third floor. Third floor, that's pretty decent. Yeah, I guess. All things considered. <laughs> sure. You got an elevator? No. No. Me neither. <laughs> but I get a, lot of, I get a lot of steps on my fitness app. <laughs> 
so sure, I appreciate sure. that. What's the most fun you've had on stage other than right now? Uh, well, this is a lot of fun. It but is. But I, uh, what's the, well, I think the, uh, that show, the, uh, the Arzanova show was a lot of fun because I got to do essentially a very long set with a lot of fog with fog machines, which I'm very <laughs> fond of. I gotta get one of those. Yeah, you should. Uh, they don't go for, for very much, actually. You no, can get yourself reasonable. a nice portable fog machine, and they, uh, you do need to be mindful that you will be spending some money on fog juice if you do that. Fog juice? Fog juice, yes. Yeah, you have to buy the fog juice separately. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's this, I'm assuming, highly toxic substance that we're all inhaling when we yeah. that. Yeah. You get rid, get it in your lungs. I've done shows with fog for sure. Yes. I remember some breathing problems. You have to sleep with a mask mm -hmm. afterwards. <laughs> but um, and you, you, you have a, you have a show that you're going to after this. I do have a show that I'm you're going so to. You're so busy. After this. How do you how do you manage it all? Oh, the subway mainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? The trains, sure. Yeah. 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 Great, great. It's always, always with you. I actually, I actually do enjoy riding the subway, weirdly. Yeah? Yeah. People do. Yes. Do they? I feel I like I'm always alone so. when I say that. I always overhear such fun things, and I get some good ideas about fashion. Okay. All right. You see, very similar, you and I. Very, very similar. I'm telling you. Yeah. we got to hang out some We should, later. yeah. I like, we'll go to a coffee shop and listen yeah. to Carry a place yeah, and tying it all together. Yeah. Like that. Yes, yes. Well, what Acknowledging your, all guests. What is your favorite intergalactic uh, creature? Um, well, then we're talking uh, fictional, right? Because we don't know for certain. Are we? Are we? <laughs> um, well, someone once. Uh, a woman. Uh, at a, on an airplane, once handed me a note uh, that, uh, and this, I sat next to this lady, and she was wearing uh, earmuffs and uh, sunglasses during the entire flight. Yep. And I remember she had this beautiful, very severe blonde bob and she, haircut, and she was wearing all, all black. And uh, her and I had some really, some pretty boring small talk, I think. And then she, at the end of the flight, she handed me a note. Uh, and the note said, um, and she left, and by the time I read the note, she had left. Yeah. Uh, it said, um, hey, sweetie, uh, nice meeting you. Um, I believe you are indigo alien uh, with high energy frequencies. Uh, and then have a safe trip back home, winky face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think she's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I never saw her again, though, did you? I never saw her. Oh again. gosh, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. That's a nice story. Yeah. And uh, Chewbacca would be mine. Chewbacca. Yeah. Just the hair is just so nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh -huh. I never cared for Chewbacca. You were not a Chewbacca fan. No. 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 For a droid. I think I think I would go for a for a colder uh, creature in the Star Wars universe than a cold a creature. A colder creature. Yeah. Yeah. One, a robot or something like that. Yeah. Or, or something uh, yeah. hairy. Uh, yeah. Too much hair. Too warm. Too too um, emotionally. 
Yeah, I, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chewbacca's are very emotional. Yeah. Always, always yelling. Always crying. Actually, well, even though we differ in some things, we are so much alike. Yeah. I still yeah. don't think that should hurt right. our chances to be in a lot of buddy pictures together. Yes. So I look forward to that. And where can people find you next, Julio? Oh, I, I should always prepare a better answer for this question because I get asked that all the time and then suddenly I can't remember what else I'm doing. Uh, you can find me on uh, the internet and just where that's where people are. That's where people find their comedy. That I'm doing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer for that. I'm a, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps the focus on me. Julio, thank you for being here. Yeah. Julio Torres, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it rolling and bring up another challenge. We got so many great comedians here tonight. Uh, uh, this is. Uh, uh, great uh, person who I met recently and she was uh, responsible for the Pink Collar Comedy Tour and uh, Naked Comedy and a whole bunch of other things that we'll talk about. Please welcome to the Well, I think when the last time we ran into each other, I was homeless, uh, yes. and I was trying to find a place to stay, uh, and I, I finally landed in an apartment, which was really brilliant. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I'm very, it's a huge life achievement to have a place to live. Um, and my landlord, because I, I do comedy, and I wait tables, and I babysit, and I do a bajillion other things, yep. I have no way of proving that I make any money at all, uh, <laughs> which is fairly accurate. I make very little money. I'm a very poor investment from a landlord's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this guy, he took six months' rent up front uh, right. and a letter from, or an email, rather, from my parents declaring me a good person, and that was all the paperwork I needed, and thank God, because I, otherwise I would not be able to... Like qualify for an apartment. Well, that's still six months, though. That's a that's a that's a big and that's a lot to put out there. Yeah, I borrowed, begged, and stealed, but I got it. <laughs> well, congratulations. And now we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Is the point? And uh, as we're finding out, people move here with nothing but a dream, mm-hmm. and it always inspires <laughs> me. Uh, now, uh, and you you did move here from 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 where exactly? North, you were North Carolina. North Carolina, and you were uh, uh, recently you were sort of organizing for political campaigns and things. Yes, I um, I graduated from college and then I ran field campaigns for a progressive political consulting firm for two years. Yeah, uh, and then I I quit uh, that and I moved back home to study for the LSAT and instead started doing comedy full-time and then got an offer uh, here in New York that I couldn't turn down, and so I, I moved up here with nothing but a dream. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you enjoy the, that campaign work, or no, you always had this bug to do the comedy thing. You said you were not interested in the L-shat, so you must have had a uh, desire to I, I definitely, do something. I, I definitely thought I wanted to do politics for the better part of a, a decade, uh, yeah. of my life and I, I mean I prepared for that I did mock trial and debate and political organizing in high school and college and then I love you know, mock I, trial I, that was God, fun it's yeah. great isn't it it's so fun we had a, a real good looking gal that was uh, the, the instructor of that program so I 
I had a crush on my lawyer, too. You see, that's what happened. Yeah. So much power. We were the only smokers. <laughs> I was 18. He was 34. We both took cigarette breaks together. Smokers or snipers? Smokers, oh, yeah, yeah. Smokers. That's a little easier to achieve at that age. Do you have a right to carry a conceal, but my, my aim is not good, so I shouldn't, probably. Well, yeah. it's good to check some things off. We're figuring out our lives. Uh, so, uh, but you, so, so you, and do you still draw from, uh, do you want to run for pop? That's what you no, mean? No, no, just be involved in making things happen. No, I, I didn't want to run. I wanted to be, uh, I really, I wanted to be a lobbyist. You know, I wanted to be Cecile Richards. I wanted to work for. Who doesn't? Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, play Parenthood or ACLU or, or be like a specific, uh, you know, sort of like. Um, issue-specific advocate yes. uh, and become an expert on that and then try to do local and then eventually national level, uh, you know, lobbying. But, um, and then I didn't anymore. And that was really hard for everybody. Uh, were, you, were you a funny, aspiring lobbyist? Everyone that I talked to in high school is not shocked that I became a stand-up comic. Everyone I talked to in college is very shocked that I became a stand-up comic. So I feel like I was funny and then I became unfunny in the depths of comp, like being being a political activist or really an, an ideologue of any kind is the antithesis of comedy. You know, you're you're basically like a walking talking points person. Yeah. Um. And and very earnest, so earnest all the time. Uh. And so I, I went through that phase, and then I uh, I started sleeping with a comic. Um. And then after you see somebody perform the same set like half a dozen times, I was like, oh, this is a stump speech with jokes. I could probably do this. So when I went back home, um, it's, diffi- yeah. it's difficult for me to like over uh, overstate how like traumatic the campaign was. It's like 120 hours for twenty thousand dollars. I moved. I was in twelve cities in eighteen months, and like I was the boss. And at twenty two years old, I had like a staff of one hundred and six people, and we like everything was my responsibility. And I. I we did a lot of things that maybe we shouldn't have because the election becomes this like all-consuming goal, uh, and so re- like uh, recovering from like the trauma of that, just the sleep deprivation alone, yeah. uh, and then in addition the sort of like the the blocks of my belief system that I crumpled uh, while I was working in politics. It was like the worst breakup I've ever been through. So did it, it felt. My body shut down. Like I just like any anything in that direction suddenly felt like poison, and so I started doing comedy, and I got addicted to the same drug that you know I think all comics are addicted to, and then that and, and I moved here, and it's been nothing but terrible choices ever since. I mean, my life is in shambles. Like I can't, you know, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And, uh... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to tell you. It could be worse. You could be a lobbyist. But what incarnation, and I say this without any judgment, what, what incarnation of Caitlin are you most satisfied with, though? Because within your bio, as you even alluded to, you have done a, a, a babysitting, you have done right. work waitressing, you have done this political thing, this sex comedy, work. Yeah, sex work, yeah, and of all of the stuff that you and I have both done. It's, <laughs> what, what do you feel like is really, though, Caitlin? Is it this moment now? Me and my therapist haven't gotten here yet. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't, That's what I'm here for. I don't, I don't know. I feel, uh, I feel most myself when, I, when I'm killing on stage, uh, but that might not be true. Like that and coming, like those are the two things 
where I feel like most sexually is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Orgasmate. I'm sorry, I should be more no, specific. No, again, remember uh, that ice flow. Yeah, it's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I you orgasm, that's a nice. You should do more of that's that. Nice. It's, yeah, just. Uh, so I, the, the, the guitarist, she wasn't just, talking to you, Sue. No, she was like, I should have been Okay. Now, uh, 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 so, uh, but, uh, but, so you're still evolving, you still figure yeah, it out, and that's I, fine yeah, because yeah, you're a young person. But now we both have something in common, a couple of things in common, in addition to sex work. But the the, the idea that uh, you're an only child, I am not I even am. an idea. The fact that you actually are <laughs> that, yeah. a child. I too am an only child, and don't we deserve it? Has it, Isn't it wonderful, the sense of entitlement? Has it ruined you for everything? It's ruined me for everything. It's perfect. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Absolutely. It's really great, isn't it? It's informed I, your comedy, hasn't it? I have my laundry sent out, and I don't take any shit from my friends, which means I have four of them. So it's, you know, like I... Yeah, no, it's the, it's the worst. I mean, I mean, I've been... I've only been in a few, uh, like, long-term committed relationships where the goal is to actually get to know the other person as opposed to just protect, projecting your own bullshit onto them. Uh, and, and I feel like being an only child has really... Uh, ruined me for a lot of that. Like it's really hard to. Well, you to, don't have to compromise on anything. Yeah, I guess I should find. Was it the oldest or the youngest of like eight kids? Like what's? Oh yeah. Yeah. Would and that then, be the way to go? Yes, definitely. With, yeah. Or like the Duggars. There's twenty of them. <laughs> That's a real sure. experience. I just, I just need somebody. <laughs> or an experience. But I don't want to be neglected. I can't. I can't do that. I can't, out, the I can't overcome like a neglected kid. I don't think I can do now, that. Now, what is the naked comedy thing all about? Because, uh, again, something we have in common, I have been nude uh, in various shows, some public, some private. But uh, now, uh, what, is, what is that all about? Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's stand-up comedy performed in the nude. Oh, good. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, that must be, you run it. I do. I, uh, I'm, the, I'm the new producer of it. Uh, it wasn't my idea. Andy yes. O'Feish has been running the Naked Comedy Show for years in Boston. And Abigailia, who's a, a good friend of mine, uh, did the show here as part of her going away party before she moved to London. Uh, and it was so successful that the proprietor of uh, Creek in the Cave, Rebecca Trent, said, Somebody else do this. And yeah. I uh, raised my hand, like Tracy Flick, and I've been running it ever since. And the audience is also nude as well? They have, they have the option to be nude. It is not mandatory. They're invited to. They to. are invited to be as undressed as they, as they want to be. I invited this audience, but I'm not sure that anybody took <laughs> me really up cool. on it yet, but maybe later. Uh, so, but that must be incredibly empowering to be up there and be, it I mean, feels, I know because I've been in it and I got a lot of great laughs. Yeah, it feels, it feels really good. I, I, I feel like being naked on stage is, is one of the, it, it's kind of an ideal way to do comedy because yeah. you're, you're making the audience just uncomfortable enough that they're really on the edge of their seat uh, and you put yourself in a sort of a hyper vulnerable position. So it's, I mean, it's, it's great. Like I've never, I've never seen anybody bomb naked. <laughs> and it's would, you, would you guys try it? <laughs> you guys done? No. No, from Julio. <laughs> no, little alt folk nude. <laughs> Unplugged. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, so, well, that's, and how often does that happen? Once every three months. So we do one per season. 
that's a good that's about as often as I'm nude yep. anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't realize you were married. Oh no. Once I was. And she's a lovely, lovely gal. Okay, Lynn, uh, what's next? What's happening? Um, You're off to some big industry thing tonight? Yeah, yes, absolutely. A very important. Uh, the I thought that was going to be a joke, but you guys took me very seriously. Yes. Uh, I don't believe you. Sweet, right? that's you great. do nude stuff. You're I, yeah, oh, I'm totally. I, uh, I, the, the next Naked show is March 6th. We only have four tickets left, uh, so we're almost sold out wow. uh, for March 6th. And then I am doing a one-woman show in July uh, at the Tank as part of Pride Fest, so I'm very excited about that's that. That's wonderful. Yeah. So that's what's next that's for me. What's it called? Oh, we don't know yet. No, don't need yeah, to. No, yeah. And then you can, guess. Yeah, you, you can listen to me every Raised week. Plow Raised Plow is still available. Wait, what? Raised, Raised Plow is still no, available. No, I think, isn't that taken by a Pulitzer Prize winner? Is that not anything? <laughs> it sounds very familiar that and very heady and intimidating. Might be right? But, well, that's great. Well, I wish you all the best with all of those endeavors. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. Caitlin Bailey, everybody. <laughs> And maybe you recognize him from County Central or his many appearances on other people's podcasts across the nation or just popping into various people's Instagram feeds. Please welcome Mateo Lane. Sorry, I want to fuck up what's happening here. Well, we're um, really taking control of this. No, I'm just saying I moved it. I didn't mean to, and you better get a good shot of my face. Um, also, I had a zit here, so Not airbrush such a it. Picture of it. And I scratched it all day. Um, but yeah, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mateo, you, uh, you're so involved in all these great things. I want to talk about them all. Uh, uh, but you, uh, uh, you appreciate the the old gay icons, don't you? Sure, the yeah. The Babs, the Liza, the uh, Liza is debatable. Um, I feel well, like Maria Callas. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, young Barbara Streisand. Yeah. I do. I'm like an older gay man. Yeah. In my head, I love this sort of like, when are we gonna bring singing back? Kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into Taylor Swift, and I could care less if someone wears pumps. You know. Yeah. Also, not into gay bars where a lot of that new music, that is, music is played. Happening. I'm trying to find a place where you could just go and <laughs> someone can just play like the French Barbara Streisand album, and I can just drink uh, wine. Oh, that's but funny. this is why I'm single, because yeah. I'm not a Dominican in a jockstrap. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Don't believe me? Go to G-Lounge. But yeah. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. Sure. But now, uh, you, but you, you don't go in for the kind of the Brits, the ex-Tinas, this kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, for Tina might be too much. Yeah. I, I appreciate that she sings, but I think the... Added to every song... It's a bit much. I think we would all appreciate some subtlety. Her voice is Jennifer Lopez's clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no subtlety. It's like, get it together. 
That's right. So her voice is a quinceanera, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just no subtlety and sounds often hoarse, which put it together. Can you do a little bit of Elijah, though? Do, yes, do. I can. My mother, I loved her. I'll never forget the first thing she said to me. She said, Liza, call an ambulance. <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's what I like so doing impressions. I, I like singing. You're so gifted at it. Oh, I well. really like singing. Did you watch the Oscars? Yeah, of course. And did you see Lady Gaga there? She was beautiful. Wonderful. The hills are alive. I mean, she came out with that falsetto and everyone was I mean it was really the good thing about it was like she wasn't wearing a fucking cinnamon roll with camel toe you know what I mean like she yeah, yeah. came out and sang and I think that's what she you know I think she needed I mean, more than we did but people were surprised so. I think people were surprised yeah, yeah that she actually kind of played it straight and she didn't come out in a cocoon well she's never going to play anything straight but she did <laughs> do I it do. right you know, you know what I mean yeah I do I do but also her name is Stephanie Germanata, she's an yeah. Ita- she's one of my people. She's Some, an Italian. Somebody calls her Stephanie. Maybe like her accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's probably doing all right. <laughs> He's probably doing <laughs> fine. That's a job to get, isn't it? Yeah. I like seeing old Julie Andrews out there on the stage too. She I looks, thought she looked good. I tell Don't you think she looks good? It sucks I, she can't sing anymore. I know they goofed up her voice. But, they did. You know, I also, I will always appreciate her most as a brunette. As what? As, as a, a brunette? brunette. That's yes. what you appreciate about her when most? she came out for that Mary Poppins. <laughs> there was uh, a wig. <laughs> <laughs> she made me penguins dance, she did. Boy. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to think how many more things you can talk about an erection. Like, how many more things from, you know? uh, Well, stay tuned. (laughs) But, uh, uh, Mateo, you are a true Renaissance man. You enjoy floppy hats and painting things on ceilings. But you are a visual artist, aren't you? I'm an oil painter. And you went to the Art Institute out there in Chicago, one Mm -hmm. of our great institutions. That was a good time for you? It was a, a fantastic time. Well, you're a skilled draftsman, I Thank say you. that truthfully. Thanks. And uh, you, you spent some time as a commercial artist. Yeah, I'm quitting this week, but I oh, illustrate television commercials for a living. What did you do for Panera Bread? Panera Bread, I drew one of their commercials. I designed it. I talked to their art director. And by the way, most of these art directors you talk to are idiots and don't know it. Like DSW, they're stupid from the top up to the bottom. I mean, they're just the dumbest people it's in the pretty, world. Yeah. I talked to a man. Clear he was an art director. I don't know if he still works there, but his name was Slate. I'm sure that's not his birth name. And his, the directions he would give me, you know, I'd be like, so like, what colors do you want this picture to be? And he was like, you know, I'm just thinking very Paris. I'm like, okay, that is not a color. Um, so, very difficult to work with. But Panera Bread, that was an easy one. It was, they wanted everything to look like it was drawn on a chalkboard. And then I would just drew like a chef floating with like uh, floatable sandwiches. God, it's great. Yeah. That's how I fell in love with Howard Stern and all that stuff. Because I just, when you draw all day, you just need someone to talk to. Uh, so I just started listening to podcasts and Howard Stern. And, yeah, it's great. That's what you probably... Tuned into this show. I can't even tell you how many times. Yeah. Countless <laughs> times. The tens of twelves of times that uh, I've, yeah. I've influenced a lot of Panera Bread campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And what was God's Green America? Oh, that's so. Oh my God. It was a. Um, 
fraud company that took bad investments and they started paying me for a little bit. I was illustrating a comic book for them, uh-huh. but it was it was a fraud company. So eventually, you know, I moved out. It was like 20 or 21. I moved out of the house and got my own apartment and then they stopped paying me and I lost all my money, lost my apartment and moved back home. It was a terrible, terrible company and I'm shocked that you know what that is. Well, oh, there's probably something like Google, just Google. No, I was an investor. Yeah, <laughs> and based off your suit, that's why we went straight to the bottom. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Well, I put my, put my thirteen dollars. <laughs> Is that the men's warehouse? God's green America. Good luck. It was a terrible, terrible company. Yeah, yeah. sounds great. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was the first passion? Singing, uh, comedy, uh, drawing, drawing, drawing. Was yeah, you yeah. Always you picked it up from the early always. Age? Yeah, always. I. Uh, my mother is an artist. I think it's genetic because yeah. my brother, sister, and I all draw. And it wasn't like my mom sat us down and like t- taught us how to draw. We just kind of had it in us. I used to buy a ream of paper a week, and I would draw just by myself over and over. And it was all the same things like Maleficent or Disney Princess or Storm from the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, very dramatic women. Um, and then I got into flip books, so my mom would have to buy me... Sorry. Um, po- flip books, oh, like okay. animations. So my flip books. And that too, and a clubbed <laughs> foot. But I, I used to um, buy post-its once a week. I'd have to like, I'd get like the pack of fifteen, and I'd fill them up. I mean, I was, I was a, probably a crazy child, but yeah. just I would sit and draw and draw and draw. And then I went to school the Art Institute of Chicago, and I got a job as that. But I studied opera. That's the whole Wonderful. thing. And the opera, you were always singing as a young child. Um, yeah, but I didn't start till I was like 15, which is good because yeah. men are supposed to start singing after they hit puberty. Right. So my vocal yeah. cords had... Let things drop and then go. <laughs> Let things drop, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it can fuck up your voice if you learn a technique too young. Yes, <laughs> many things. Anal, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Mm. But, uh, of course, I remember as a boy, I would be out there mowing the lawn. And just singing at the top of my lungs, uh, you know, McCavity from Cats. Uh, <laughs> he's a master of depravity. And I didn't realize until years later that the whole neighborhood could hear me because I'm singing louder than the lawnmower. Do you know, I, I used to come home from preschool and sing um, to the birds like Sleeping Beauty did. And I, I talk about it now as a joke, but I never told a soul that because my neighbor called my mom and shamed me when I was like four. And so I never, ever did it again. And then so the first time like a year ago I, I went to like an open mic and just started talking about it on stage I had not spoken about it since I was four years old and I got off stage and I was leaving with my friend Amber who we've had on this show yeah. and I started sobbing and I don't know why it was this weird like thing that I'd never told anyone and I had so much shame that I held on to it for so long and I just I know not to get too serious but I started crying and yeah. I just could I, it was so I was, Amber's like what's wrong with you I was like I just told a thing I've never said and then, you know, now I use it in my act and people yeah. laugh at it. But, I, you know, I did the same thing and I was shamed at a young age for it. But comedy is a powerful way to heal, isn't it? Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but that sounds wonderful. <laughs> it does <laughs> Things we tell ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, but who were your comedy heroes? Uh, I love... Because you made a kind of break. I mean, you, you were going down a very lucrative path as a commercial artist or uh, opera singing. I think I, I'm more... Comedy. Um, well, 
Howard Stern and Christopher Hitchens are two huge heroes of mine. And uh, as a comedian, Joan Rivers. Yeah. I love Joan Rivers. I know that's hacky to say because I'm gay, but who gives a shit? You know, I, I got the like comedy frog that's pretty dumb to say, but I remember storyboarding in college and I was trying to find stuff to watch and I watched a Joan Rivers special. I'd never seen her before. And it really stuck with me because as a, for me as a gay guy it's very difficult to get into comedy because it's told by straight white men and I just don't I can't relate on the level to where I want to invest in that does that yeah. make sense to you? Yeah. Joan opened that door she allowed me to understand and appreciate comedy in a way that I hadn't before now that's just me that's not everybody so for her she really pushed me into sort of seeing it also as like a weapon as a tool to stand back up because you know everyone's calling me a faggot in high school so it was a way to for me like oh that seems that's very it just watching was like that's very attractive it stuck with me yeah, yeah. but you know I love um, Tig Notaro I love Bill Hicks I love Bill Burr I love uh, George Carlin um yeah, 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 but I would say Howard Stern and Christopher Hitchens and Joan Rivers are my top three are, comedy. Those are solid answers. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so so What do you have uh, going on next, Mitchell? Oh, I'm single. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's about it. I'll yeah. be spending the rest of the week getting rid of my camel toe. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, you mean career-wise? You know what I did? I just bought bigger pants. Did you? I know, but I can't. I, I don't know how to dress myself, so I'm going to have my lesbian friend's wife dress me. She's a stylist. You can come over to uh, Joseph A. Bank with me. If <laughs> and then you can go to Joanne Fabers with me. You get tents, you buy one, you get tents. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. shows coming up, though? Uh, personal life and whatever you're dealing with in your garage. Oh, I will um, be at, uh, I'm opening for Anthony Jeselnik next week in Tampa. Terrific. So it's the first week of March, and I'm very excited about it. I used to it. play Tampa a lot. Did you? Yeah. Tempe to Tampa was yeah. <laughs> um, and then a long I'm, circuit, but it was a fun one. A lot of forgetful audiences. That's most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost got beat up by four Turkish guys the other week. No. They didn't like gay people, and then I got into it with them, and then they stood up to beat the shit out of me, and I had to uh, leave. <laughs> it's actually really scary, <laughs> to tell you the truth. And I'm going to open my big, fat mouth and yeah. die one day. Well, I think you made the right call. By I'm making fun of them? Okay. Yeah. Well, by walking away. No, I kind of ran away. Yeah. It wasn't so much of a walk. Yeah, yeah. I'd just be a puff of smoke. <laughs> well, I got what I had to say to them, which wasn't nice, and then I was like, yeah, and then just ran out of there. So, Well, it's great. Well, I wish you all the success in the world, and I hope that we get another chance to talk about some things, because uh, you're doing such great work. Oh, well, thank you very much. And good job on the bass guitar. Guitar? What is that? It's a small little guitar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Mateo Lane, everybody. Yeah. And let's keep it going for all of our guests tonight. Peyton Bailey, Julio George, Terry Hart. Thanks to CeeLo back here. As always, that's it. Thank you to the pit. We're going to be back live March 24th with a, just a top-notch program that... Uh, she emailed me, and I think it's all going to work out, but I'm not going to tell you who yet. So tune in to DaleRadio.com for that. Now, until next time, I'll be fashioning some ice skates out of my old empty whiskey bottles and trying to make it across the enormous sludge puddle that's at the end of my block. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. 
Dale Radio is produced and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season 7 podcast theme composed and performed by Emily Danger. Season 7 podcast icon done by illustrator Louis Chin. Logo treatment by Daniel Spencer. Posters for Season 7 are by Annie Carbo and Claire Prouse, among others. You can listen to Dale Radio on DaleRadio.com or iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or on SoundCloud. And if you do visit us on any of those platforms, be sure and rate and review us, won't you? Yeah, you can follow Dale on Twitter. Hey, that's me, at Dale Radio. Or you can visit us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever fine podcasters are found. Thank you for listening. You're the best.